0: Welcome back to the channel if you guys are new. Welcome for the first time. My name is Vinita and I am the host and creator of Rowdy Rani. We're so excited to have you guys. Hope everybody's staying safe during COVID and all of that sort of thing. Please wear your mask. And with that, I am super, super excited to introduce our very first guest ever, Um, an amazing Brown creator. That I got to meet and connect with through TikTok primarily. And then, you know, we've been chatting a bunch ever since. Um, we have Jenny today. So, Jenny, thank you so much for being here. Obviously, this platform is to share stories, and we're really excited to hear about you and your story.
1: Oh my God, thank you so much for your time. You're so great, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you.
0: We're really excited to have you. So um, a little bit of background on what I know of Jenny so far. She's a obviously brilliant creator, very creative, and just doing super awesome things. I'm just really excited for her to talk about it. Um, so without further ado, Jenny, give us some background about yourself. Um, you know, tell us about yourself and what got you into becoming a creator.
1: Okay, so yeah i mean i have always been someone who really cared about social media um in like a very technical sense just because i have this interest in the business side of things so i you know it was march of this year and like a lot of us quarantine hit us hard and i was like okay i mean i've been blogging for so many years i've been talking about mind body and soul and mental health certain you know topics for so long might as well just go hard and just go all in um, so I decided to become a little bit more serious on Instagram and started posting more consistently. And I actually posted like every single day in March. Um, and that, you know, I think that kickstarted started a lot of things for me. Um, and then a bunch of people were talking about TikTok and they were mostly my freshman friends. I just graduated college and I was like, I'm never going to download TikTok. Like that's disgusting. <laughs> like, ew, I'm not going to dance on screen. Like what else is there to TikTok? So then I was like, okay, you know what? TikTok is like a fun time, like I'm not above any platform. So I decided to download TikTok and I went on and I made all of those thirst trap videos right in the beginning. And I did some you know, stupid sounds here and there. And then I saw some traction and I was like, okay, like I I have two choices. I could either go and and follow the trends or I could do something that I really wanted to do and and stop caring about the likes and the views and all of that. I decided to do the latter of course and then i just went full force into mental health um thank you to my boyfriend who actually pushed me to do just that um and so with that i, I decided to go a little bit more into the topics that i really cared about like anxiety depression um toxic masculinity toxic positivity just all the things that i talk about on the daily basis with my friends i decided to make a platform just based on just that um so i want you know my whole goal is for people to come on to anything that they see of my username and i want them to just feel like they're talking to a friend that you know understands what they're going through because you know we've all been through some hearts you know hard struggles and it's important to know that others are there for you so that's kind of like what i do
2: yeah
0: i i remember seeing your videos in the beginning and i was like i've i've never seen anyone like you know talking about this or bringing this out into the open and just the way that i feel like you talked about it and you did it It was really easy for people to understand and like get an idea of what you were saying so it was really exciting for me to see that video and like see that that was sort of a sphere that was opening up and you were definitely a catalyst for opening it up so if you had one message that you want to hit home with all of your platforms what would that be for you as a creator
1: honestly being vulnerable has to be the most important thing introspection is key and being vulnerable is you know, the only way to do that. And, you know, a lot of people say that on day one of your journey, you know, just open up or just, you know, let loose, just be who you are. But after going through mental health struggles, let's say you go through that for a month. On day 30, you're going to come up and say the exact same truth that you heard someone else tell you on day one, but it takes that journey and it takes that process to get there. Um, Ultimately, what I want to do is I want to provide people with tools in order to be able to get there by themselves because, you can't tell anyone what to do. Um, I think with giving tips and with mental, I'm actually am making a TikTok about this and posting it later today. But tips for mental health is a very dangerous thing, and I think that a lot of people try their hardest to, you know, do things the way that other people tell them to. But ultimately, every single person's brain and biological function is so different that you can't just be like, oh, just listen to music or oh, just go work out. Like oversimplifying the matter doesn't help, but Life is as easy as people tell you it is. You just have to understand that for yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I am a big proponent of personal journey and personal growth. And obviously, that really does look different for every single person. And so, again, you know, I think hearing stories is something that definitely catalyzes because you start to sort of start thinking in that perspective like, okay, well, you know, they grew in this sort of way and they made certain things better for them. And maybe that I can do the same thing. And I think it sort of, provides that validation for others, you know, when they're in that moment of need that it's possible. And I think after that is realized that it's possible, then hopefully, you know, they can start to leverage resources like people like you that are talking, providing, you know, just content for them to see and for them to sort of kind of understand and introspect. I think that's so huge. Um, So what sort of things in your life do you think like played a role into the sort of mission that you've built for yourself currently? Like what events, what sort of things and how do you you interpret them and sort of turn them into what it is today?
1: So, I mean, my life story is very long and expansive as most is, but, you know, I started, I was diagnosed with clinical depression when I was 12. Um, I had a lot of like sleeping issues, insomnia, this and that, a lot of anxiety. But, you know, although my parents are, sort of one in a million, they're kind of amazing. Um, they still didn't really understand what I was going through. You know, they, they kind of just shut down a lot of like, okay, well, maybe if you studied harder, things would be better for you. Or maybe if you go outside or eat some fruit, like <laughs> things that like don't have to do with mental health, they kind of just made it about that. Um, and so I felt like I wasn't ever in a safe environment um, in terms of, you know, the bullies at school or, you know, being at home. I was like always in mental isolation. Um, and that kind of, you know, that that forced me to be my own friend. But I don't think that I've become my own friend until this year. And of course, that happened when I was 12. So it's been 10 years of a personal journey. Um, also, you know, I was ostracized a lot by the Indian community. I've always wanted Indian friends, but no one really wanted me to be their friend at the time because I was talking about these types of topics. Out of like, you know, no one really wants someone who's always deep all the time. You know. Right. Yeah. And, you know they you know i wasn't always someone who wanted to drink all the time i wasn't someone who always was like down I, I loved doing like all the fun stuff of life but at the same time i like to carry on these types of conversations and it was really hard for me to find like-minded individuals um especially through college i had a very rough time um right when i got to college i you know tried to be a part of a fraternity I pledge with them. And of course, you're friends with them throughout your, you know, pledging is like a three month process. So you go in and you are like, okay, I'm going to go bid for this fraternity. And on August 31st, I got the bid. And then, you know, my grandmother dies on November 7th. I discussed this in my TikTok, but November 7th, you know, my grandmother died. So I confided and then they thought I was lying. So they cut me out of the fraternity. It was a whole thing. Um, So I had a pretty rough reputation um, going into college itself and that really isolated me so that i was i was in a very vulnerable mental state so obviously when you're not necessarily thinking straight you do make friends with the wrong group over and over and over again which is why i stress you know introspection because if you don't align what you want for yourself and what you want for your life to look like then you will be consistently given rough cards um you know because at the same time like you always think that you you know what you want and you you think you want popularity you think you want indian friends or you think like you know the the superficial means of all of that right but truly what did i want i wanted friends who were deep and intellectual and those who cared about the fashion and superficial sides of life but also cared about you know things that actually mattered and being vulnerable and and you know i wanted that balance and you know until i realigned what i wanted only then did I see people like my boyfriend or people who was like my best friend, um, people like yourselves and treya's Like it was, it was hard for me to find those kinds of like-minded individuals because I didn't even know myself. Right. So that's kind of how I am the way I am today.
2: I was kind of yeah. wondering, if I may just hop in. <laughs> I was kind of wondering, um, like, did you think there was a point in college where you realized that you were kind of just going down that spiral? Like was there, because I feel like for with some people the FOMO gets to the point where they don't realize they're just going full out with the FOMO and they're associating with the wrong groups because they want that escape from what they're not willing to face? Or was there a point where you feel like even halfway through you realized it and then you decidedly said, no, but I still want to have this escape for now. I don't want to face these issues.
1: So a little bit of both, right? Like you do have, you always are conscious that your life is not going well. Um, You know, you, it's not like you're oblivious to the fact that things aren't going well you know my life my whole like I, I lost like 30 pounds i like had no hair on my head because i was in a very abusive relationship um from sophomore year to senior year we were both it was just very mentally physically emotionally exhausting um and it was it was terrible so that kind of and he was someone who was the party person of the Indian community. So everyone was at his house. Everyone was trying to get you know, his weed and his alcohol and his whatever. You know, Drugs were like a huge thing at IU. So I was always surrounded by that because I was always around him. And if I didn't put myself in the position where I always wanted to be around him, then we would never hang out. And in my head, that was the end of the world, being single. Um, and it was because I was in a very vulnerable state. So, of course, I knew my life was not heading in the right track. Um, Did I choose to do that anyway? Of course, you know, and it it took me, literally, it took me December 25th of 2019, literally Christmas, to say, I'm done. You know, he was on a cruise, and he didn't have his phone, so I was like, this is the perfect opportunity. I'm going to send him a goodbye message, because at that point, I had tried to break up with him, like, every day leading up into that point, and it was terrible, like, the entire... Last three months of 2019, I kept trying to break up with him, but I would keep going back. Um, And so I was like, okay, you know what? He's on a cruise. He's not even going to see this message for a few days. I'm just going to send him a goodbye message and be done. And that's just how I got closure. I got closure sitting in my bed in Texas and just felt like, okay, now I can proceed and now I can like live my life. You know, does that answer your question?
2: Yeah, no, it it did actually very well. So
1: (laughs) yeah, absolutely. I think it's,
0: really important to sort of find that point right because sometimes we do get into these negative trends of people you know you do the same thing over and over again like you said and I think that's really interesting because personally I think I see people and I'm like you know what you're doing is not good for you and to me it's confusing like how could you not want better for yourself but I think it's really interesting that you said you know you know it's not going the way that it should be going or the way that you want it to be going but there are so many other factors, right, that play into it. It's almost like, for some people, I feel like it's a zone of comfort. Like, they've just been there for so long. It's almost weird to think beyond that point,
1: you yeah. know? I mean, and, and it's like this, It's like something that people say all the time, you know? Like, they say, like, committing suicide is the most selfish act, right? Um, in that same vein, it feels good to feel sad. Like, yeah. you can't, it, it takes ten times more effort to say no I, I don't want this life for myself so sitting in bed for two years in that abusive relationship I fully knew that I should have I should have been out my mom told me literally a month after him meeting him like my mom is very invested in my life like she knows everything that goes on so mm-hmm. I brought him home right away and you know my mom I was like I, I want her to assess him and I wasn't prepared for her to say she didn't like him but I right. wanted her to um, assess him and I was like okay like how do you think about him? She was, you should break up with him. This is not the right guy for you. And I was like, so I was so mad. I was like, (laughs) or something. I like was so pissed. I was like, how dare you say that? You don't even know him. You only saw him for a week. And I got into a full ass argument with him or with her, my mom. And then I like, obviously when you're at home and your mom is constantly telling you like, this is not right. You should not be dating him when you go see him, it's a whole different story. Cause then you're just like, okay, well, I'm not supposed to be with you, but I'm with you. And I, it's not like I'm not allowed to date you, but my mom highly suggested not to date you. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but then you like the pain you like, and you know, I struggled with self-harm a lot, like up until just last year, you know, I, I, that was my escape and that was my thing. And so with like cutting yourself and like wanting to kill yourself and being in these abusive relationships, it feels good because it's all, you know, you right. know? And so it's, it's kind of scary to think like, okay, like I didn't even think my life would be the way it is right now. I, not that I live a perfect life by any means, but I can yeah. wake up every single morning and I don't not want to look in the mirror. Like for 10 years, I could not look in the mirror cause I thought it was so ugly. And it's because of the life that I was living and the mental state that I was in I I couldn't handle my appearance it was you know this is a very like it's very cyclical you know your mind your body your soul everything is affected when you don't take care of your mental health
0: yeah absolutely so I definitely grew up being a really insecure person and a lot of that was you know instilled through the society around that I was around the people that I was surrounded by and like the way that they sort of compared me to other people constantly and it's something that was really built in and so I think it also put me sort of down that stream of thought where negativity was my go-to because I didn't know anything else right and like you said those really topical statements of like oh you know just be happy or like you know an Indian family eat better you know work out or you know just things that are so surface level and they're really good for you obviously but in the moment of what you're feeling, they don't even get close to deep enough of how deep we need to be. And I remember being in college and I was like in my kitchen making something and something had happened, which I can't even remember now, but my initial instinct was to be negative about it and you know, get on myself about it and be that way. And then I realized, why is it so much easier for me to just be negative about something and, like, it's almost – I'm saying it's frowned upon. Like, you know, you're trying to be positive And, you, you know, if you ever walk into any American college and say, oh, yeah, I got eight hours of sleep the night before a test, everybody is going to give you crap. Mm-hmm. That's not even an option, you know. Yeah. Oh, I only slept four hours. Oh, yeah, but I only slept three hours. Like, it's a competition of how negative or how, like, much you cannot take care of yourself. Yeah. And it's so sad and it's so – Pathetic, almost you know that like this is the terms that we kind of run our lives through and it's harder to have that moment of acknowledgement that no negativity is easier for me and I like it because I know it but I'm gonna go down the harder route of working towards positivity
1: I think um that last statement I've said I've had this discussion with my mom before my mom's like really big part of my life I don't know I keep bringing her We'd up we love but, to see it <laughs> yeah with uh with what you just said it's because I feel like a lot of people like to be competitive over everything including their hardships yeah. so it's like, you know my life is way harder than yours so you'll never understand and that also comes down to the lack of sympathy and empathy that we have in our society um, and I don't think that it has anything else to do with you know oh I actually it's not about sleeping right yeah it's just about the fact that I want to make sure that you know that I'm struggling harder than you and that I'm still here and, and doing just as good as you are, you know, right. and that's what it is. And it's because it's everyone just wants to have a harder life, not for the sake of having a harder life because they might be bluffing about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, just to get, it's of, like to
2: garner empathy on some degree. It's just to get like a one up type thing. And I, But I was wondering because for me personally, at least I I did have some friends who, you know, were doing it definitely to be like, Yeah. I'm worse off than you are but I was wondering because like the most of my friends like the environment we're surrounded in where it's like if someone did get eight hours of sleep we're proud of them but like well it's still kind of a joke to poke fun of them saying yeah we got less sleep or we didn't so like I feel like contextually it was always a joke for us so I was wondering did you guys ever get that sense because that's the only environment that I've ever been in where you know if we're making fun about if in this example with sleep if we're making fun about how little sleep the other person got or how much sleep the other person got. It was always a joke like we were always still proud of the person who managed to get their sleep um so like it was always ironic so i I it's a little interesting to hear that for you guys it never really presented itself that way
0: never yeah i don't ever think it was a joke i always think that yeah if i said something that was positive or You know, if I was having, you know, if a group of us were having a certain professor be really tough and just like give us a bunch of crap that we all knew was crap, like, you know, if I wasn't complaining, it was frowned upon, like, oh, okay, I get it, you're just living your good life, whatever, but the rest of us are struggling, and it's like, a lot of the time, it's frustrating to see it, because sadly, you're putting yourself through that struggle, like, a lot of the times, you are selecting to be negative about it specifically, And it's just weird. It's a weird habit that kind of keeps rolling through the rhetoric, the way that we talk to other people, the way that we interpret what other people are saying. You know, it's almost like we're seeking validation, right? Like, we need somebody to say, oh, yeah, that's so rough. But nobody wants to validate the other person. Everybody wants the validation for themselves. So it just becomes this really negative cycle and and you know like it said it's cyclical and it's habit forming it is extremely habit forming and so yeah I think that's really where that introspection comes in and you know it's really important to to be aware and and to listen when others are being aware um have you personally like obviously you're a very introspective person you know you said your mom had told you and my mom is a huge part of my life too. I went to college out of state. I called her every day, probably, or like every, like every day I'd call her like twice, Mm -hmm. you know? So what was that like when you externally were hearing something that's, you know, telling you, hey, don't go down that path and, you know, how was it for you? What was the point where you felt like you were ready to take that in?
1: Now? (laughs) Um, No, like, honestly, like, uh, before this year, I cannot like, and I, and I stress this a lot. It's because it's okay, you can't put the blame on everything external, but my life was a very uh, boyfriend centered life, like, especially with my ex, like now, even though I'm in a relationship now, nothing is about him. It's about our life together but it's not about how am i like perceiving our relationship like i i don't think i've spent we, we've been dating for what like seven months or something i've like not one day have i spent thinking about the relationship because it doesn't need attention it thrives right. on its own like it doesn't take work it doesn't take effort it doesn't take anything he lives his life we i live my life and then we've combined every weekend to live a life together um But, you know, I mean, obviously, with quarantine, it was also four months apart, like, I didn't see him for four months of our seven months of dating. Um, Mm -hmm, So that also allowed a lot of time for me to think about my life by myself. But to answer your question, um, last year, if someone had told me, like, you know, you just break up with him, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, it's abusive. Why can't you just break up with him? Like, are you scared to be alone? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> like I, yeah. literally, yes. But it's it's like pathetic in societal's perspective to admit that to admit that you you know that you can't be alone. And I think yeah, I think for me what it was was that I I don't need a boyfriend. I just need people. And for me, the right. only way that I could find people was through a boyfriend. Was through a romantic mm-hmm. where you have to be with the person because I was I'm a very all or nothing kind of person. And when I'm friends with you not only do you know it, but the whole room knows how much I support you, because I'm a very, you can't, I don't hide anything on my face. Um, yeah. I don't have a poker face at all, but, um, you know, that's, you know, it's just my, my happiness and everything that I'm feeling in my heart is displayed. And so when someone was like, oh, just, just get yourself out of the position, I would just be like, you don't know me. You don't know my life. Don't, don't tell me what to do. I'm always right. That mm-hmm. line of thinking, very immature, process. But I can't sit here and claim that this is some sort of thing that I've been practicing for years. Absolutely not. Like this introspection, introspection only happened when I made a conscious decision in quarantine. As of like literally January, February, March, I spent the time and I was like, I don't like who I am. Like I, I hate who I am. I hate the fact that I'm so dependent on others for validation. I hate the fact that I'm not happy going to bed every single night with what I'm doing with my life. And so making that change and understanding that It's okay if you don't like yourself you just change you have the capability to if you don't like something that's actually deep rooted within yourself you can change that and there's nothing wrong with that and you know i don't know i just think that if you're around the right people those those changes will happen on its own
0: right i definitely think the right people is a really important point i was just about to say because i personally like in my college time had a lot um i had a specific friend group who, who you know, the minute that I would do something different or something that wasn't standard for me, they were like, oh, you've changed. And I was like, okay, oh. so, you know, I'm not committed to having to stay in the same awesome. spot, you know? Oh my god! And I think, yeah, change is something that takes a lot of courage mm-hmm. because, you know, like we said, it's easy to be in those cycles that we've been trained to be in, like either by ourselves, by other people around us. It's so easy, but ultimately you know, when you decide you want to change, it's going to be hard. And it's probably going to involve you having to cut certain people out or, you know, talk to certain people or, you know, set up more boundaries and all of these sorts of things. But I think it's it's hard to understand that that is the most courageous act that you can do is to decide that it's time to change. And, you know, when you are surrounded by the wrong people, they will try and stomp that change down, you know so it's so important to be aware of that part too I think you know when you're trying to grow and blossom and evolve I really heard statements towards me towards my other friends in the group like you're so different like you're not the same person anymore like good I shouldn't be the same person it's been two years you know something is supposed to change you're supposed to grow that's the whole point of life you know so
1: change is a harsh word, right? Because then yeah. it implies that your character is becoming negative for some reason. Mm-hmm. Why is that also? No, but the, the word grow is good, but the word change is bad. Like, even though it's technically the same process.
0: Something about grow is almost like natural, right? It's really it's yeah. how we talk about nature, we talk about plants growing, we talk about trees growing, yeah. you know, but change is scary. Like, that's yeah. so true. The rhetoric is so different. Change is like, oh, but you're probably changing the good parts of yourself is like the immediate Mm -hmm. reaction, which is very weird. So, you know, hopefully, guys, one of the takeaway points from the episode, let's like demystify the word change here. You know, we're not saying change the good parts of yourself.
1: (laughs) No, it's, Um, it's just about becoming someone that you like. Because the thing is, is when you sleep better about the person that you are, then you know that your heart is pure you know that you're yeah. treating others with respect, you know that you're treating your body with respect, your mind and, you know, your education or your job, whatever you're going through at that moment. It's it's sleeping well at the end of the day. And I can tell you like for 20 years, I mean, I'm going to be 23 this year, I'm old as shit. But like, <laughs> you know, like for 20 years, I didn't like myself. Yeah. You know, I, I, like, I hated the way that I operated. And, and I didn't, that doesn't mean that I necessarily was like a terrible person. I just didn't like that I wasn't contributing to the society that I wanted in a way that I wanted to. Like I've I've always been someone who's really outspoken, someone who's really involved in like the things that I'm doing. And, you know, I fall head over heels for organizations. Like I started an acapella group. Like everything that I do is like what I genuinely want. So there's no, it's not being inauthentic. It's just the fact that I'm not in love with the way that I've helped towards the betterment of society. Mm -hmm. And like, ultimately that's what i wanted and so now i feel like i'm a little bit happier because i'm at least talking about the things that i like even if it's not contributing to society in any type of way at least i feel like okay i'm getting these really nice and sweet dms like people are saying that you know x y and z maybe maybe possibly i'm helping you know and that's kind of what that's kind of what i'm you know what i'm looking for i feel like that's the
2: biggest thing sorry I feel like that's the biggest thing is just like destigmatizing it so much because uh, like even with the change-grow ideas, like just making it shift from something that is completely like it shouldn't be talked about or it should be completely hush-hush. Because I think even just the idea of having, like forget the actual idea of changing after having the introspection. I feel like doing the introspection in the first place is already kind of taboo because that implies that like you're not willing to accept the things that were wrong about yourself or the things that you weren't doing right and it's like just that step alone is often discouraged where it's like if you're doing that then that implies that you know you're also willing to call your friends out on those behaviors that they might have had and it's yeah. like well oh, no you you kind of should because so
0: <laughs> yeah. we both are like not that's yeah.
2: so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the it's like at, at a certain point like yeah because that's why your friends will call you out on changing because it's like then they at some point for them too, they're realizing, oh, they're calling it out about themselves. Maybe I should too. And they don't like that. And yeah. so that's and it's a
0: threat to yeah. them too. You know, yeah. there's, there's people that are actively toxic and they know they're toxic. And, you know, I found out two years after being friends with a certain person that he was manipulating an entire friend group into believing a certain thing. And he was like, putting distance in between like us as women and trying to like control how we, of each other or how we saw each other or saw him and it was so intense like that stuff takes you know you plan it you you have to think about it no way that you could just go down that road without thinking and so i think the minute that i started to change or encourage my other you know female friends especially in that group to start changing it's threatening to the people who know they thrive off of their toxicity and their negative effects on people and it is scary. And I think that's a lot of what stops, you know, introspection and like what's built the taboo of introspection. Like, oh, you know, we're the ones that care about you. You're willing to just let us go like that. I mean, yeah, if it's oh, not what aligns with me. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's very weird. I think how, pe- how personally people feel about my journey or, you know, your own personal thing. Right, even if it's your family, whether it's your friends, you know, whoever it is, they take personal offense when you know you specifically as a person are trying to do something for yourself.
1: It's really funny when you say that because sometimes, like, so I I work at a bank now, um, and so my job has placed me in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and because of that, my mom doesn't want to tell certain members of the family who don't have jobs that I've moved to Philly. Because they don't want my cousins who happen to be like 10 years older than me to feel bad about the fact that I have a job. Because at right. the end of the day, like, and those same people aren't married, okay? And they're 10 years older. So they're like, you know, 29, 20, 30, whatever. And they're like, okay, well, you're not getting married. And, if, and I'm going to be like engaged-ish in a year. So if I tell them that my life is progressing in a way that I'm gonna probably get engaged next year, that's bad. I can't do that. No one's allowed to feel happy for me because that's just not, we don't, we're all so competitive. That's just just call Seema
2: auntie. Just tell them to call Seema auntie and get it over with. God. <laughs> Dude, She'll get them right on track that? with a life coach.
1: Can we talk about that?
2: That was our last episode. Can
1: we talk about that? <laughs> yeah. If, yeah, if inside, you guys haven't already
0: seen the Roddy Ronnie episode. Oh, about- you have. Oh yes, you have.
2: Yes. Check it out.
0: I'm going to plug you. What the heck? <laughs> We had, we had good fun talking about it and it's crazy and I think even personally, I literally yesterday had this like whole like train of cognition while I was at work, but it's so hard. I think we're taught to not enjoy other people's successes because it's a slight on our own and it's so difficult to break out of that mindset. You know, I basically... Um, for whoever doesn't know in our viewers, um, I'm pre-med. I'm working towards medical school. That is my current goal, um, which is subject to change, but that's what I'm working on right now. And I saw some people I knew in high school and middle school. A girl who was like a year than me is starting at a really great, like prestigious medical school. And it's sad, but my first reaction was like to put myself down and to like feel that insecurity bubbling up again. But At the end of the day, what I told myself was, this is my story. I'm the main character, right? And I can be happy for others, but I write my story in my way. And I'm always gonna be the focus of that. No other person's achievement is gonna take away from me because I, as a person, am about me and I'm building my life, my journey, my achievements, my accomplishment, it's mine, you know? And i think that when we start to realize we can be working on ourselves and working on that path while others are succeeding like those are two things that can happen simultaneously i think hopefully things will start getting better in that realm but
1: and you know that so t- with something that i said earlier that's day 30 thinking you know that's not something that you're gonna get on day one and if you you know the people who are listening if you're someone who feels automatically negative if someone is doing something that's quote unquote better than what you're doing, it's okay if you feel like you know that's an insecurity. It's okay for you to feel that way. What right. it is, is, you have to identify. Okay, but do I want to feel this way? Do I want to feel happy for that person? How am I going to make that change for myself? That's what we're talking about here. Rather than like you, you don't have to feel bad if you feel insecurities. You don't have to no, feel not bad not if your first. You know, if your first gut reaction is why wasn't that me, that's okay. It's just the fact of do you want that to be different? It's I taking that, that
2: second thought. Just you know, because I know uh, once I heard this quote where it was like, your first reaction is what nature has kind of, is like who you've been like taught to be. And then your second reaction is who you want to be. So it's like just that, that no one's saying the first step has to suddenly become like happy-go-lucky optimism, but the second step just needs to be, okay, I recognize that I feel that way. Now, what can I do to change that? Or like, what can I do that'll make me not think those things perhaps?
1: Right. So like, there's like for the past like week or something, and I, I have these periods like fluctuations of not really wanting to make content um, <laughs> so being in that content creating space. It's, it's, it's tough to always be on. Um, so, for the past like six days or something, I just haven't been wanting to do anything. Yes, I've been moving, but I could have easily made some sort of like cute little moving situation, but I didn't. Um, and so, it's because i sat there and i and like last night i was like i'm a failure i freaking suck literally everything i do sucks every I'm, and i sat there and i said that for like an hour of self deprecation and yeah. i'm i'm gonna just call him Kieran my boyfriend's name is Kieran Kieran was like what do you think you're accomplishing by saying that like do you think you become worse or better by saying that and i was like i'm worse <laughs> i was like i just kept saying like stuff like that right and so I, and like, I, and I know this for myself, but it's so much harder to actually implement it on a daily because none of us are perfect and that's okay. But, you know, the what defines character is saying, okay, like I'm a failure, right? If I say that, I'm okay, I'm a failure. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit there and cry about it? Or, or are you going to get up and do something? That little split second of decision-making is what defines your character. And I, it's hard to convey that because saying that is so harsh. But at the same time, like, It's just a mental thing that I have to say to myself. Like, okay, like, do I want to be someone who's hardworking? Then get your ass up and do it when it's hard. You know, you can't just sit here and be like, oh, I'm just, I'm a failure and then just sulk. That doesn't help, right? right? Because if I I feel like I'm not doing something properly, then it's in my ultimate control to change that.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really empowering to realize that it's in your control. Um, I was doing some research for some reason into like the emotion of envy and how people... Mm -hmm deal with that and tolerate it and it was really that's interesting cool. because I found and I don't know where it is now this is like a year ago but I found this lady who was talking about you know envy is just a signal that maybe you want something like that or maybe some area of your life that's lacking or not satisfying you in the way that you wish to be satisfied and so there's two questions one, if I'm feeling envy, is it because I want something of that? Is do I want you know, something similar for my life in some kind of sphere? And the second question I think is really important to ask is do I have the time and ability to prioritize this and work on this right now? Because a lot of the time you can, you can feel that jealousy and that envy, but if that doesn't match your priorities in life and if that doesn't align with your own goals, realistically, it's probably not going to happen unless you decide to realign your goals, which again is ultimately in your control. So I think it's really, for me has been so important to say, okay, yeah, I'm jealous, but feelings ultimately are always the beginning spot for a string of cognition. And I say this till I'm blue in the face to every single one of my friends. I said it to my mom last night, feelings are an indication and a beginning for a train of cognition. And it depends the train that you take. You know, like Janani was saying, you have that moment of decision making. I feel envy, I feel jealous of this other person. So you can either go down the road of self-deprecating yourself and thinking bad about the other person, which to be, it is not fair. You know, they've worked hard for their achievements and accomplishments. Or on the other hand, Do you say, okay, maybe this is some area of my life I'm feeling insecure about. So let's look inward. Let's introspect me because this isn't about the other person, you know, and it's so hard to differentiate that when you get those feelings. A lot of the time it's not about the other people. It's something that we personally are feeling or have a deficit in our mind at the moment. And so it comes back to that introspection, you always feelings are great indicators. So use them and leverage them, and and understand what it is truly that you want to get to, and what you want. I think is so important to be spreading.
1: And I think that's so difficult to to even digest for yourself, because yeah. it's like first of all, there's there's a there's a point of knowing that this is the right thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. It's a whole another thing to act on it in the split second where you have that you have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what you said, something very. You know relevant to what I was thinking before but my mom always told me you know if you don't like the situation that you're in change it if someone's being mean to you like I had a whole string of mean girls like pretty much I mean I still have mean girls but you know there was a situation I, I I've even told you this on our phone call um how someone so there's okay this a little story um we were in like a freaking group of like I don't even know, like four girls, including myself, plus my boyfriend, plus my ex-boyfriend um, with like many other people, right? And so these four girls, including myself, one, another one is named Jenny. And she, they're all like still friends with my ex, I'm not, right? And so I'm like going on Snapchat and someone just like messaged me and they were like, oh, you know, this person and this person name dropped you on their story. And I was like, huh? And this was like a month ago, right? And so I was like, what did they say? Like, what what happened? And and then apparently someone said, oh, he should have been with the other genity. And like that stabbed my heart because I was like, what do you mean you should have been with the other genity? You abused me for two years. And like, what do you mean I should have been the other girl? And I was, I was pissed because I was like, what the heck? Like that is, you're not being a girl's girl, you know? And so. And so I went went downstairs and I was so mad and I was like, oh my God, look at what someone just said about me on on Snapchat. And she was just like, why do you let that get to you? And I was pissed. I was like, what? How could you not validate what I'm saying right now? And I was like all up in this like, oh my God, like feel bad for me. Um, And I think that, you know, in our initial wanting for whatever, it's sympathy, it's pity, it's, oh, your life sucks, I'm so sorry. That's, that's what everyone wants, right? When you, have, when you are presented with a problem, when you tell other people your problem. And so it's just, do you, you shouldn't do that to yourself, honestly, like that is what the difference is. It's like, if you are going to someone and I'd be like, like this is what happened to me today. And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry, that sucks. That's a good friend. But if we were to say, oh, that's our, my life sucks, but I wanna get better. Apparently that's not an, a, an appropriate line of thinking
0: yeah and i think yeah i was having such an interesting conversation i have i'm the oldest on my mom's side of the family so i have younger cousins i have a younger sister Mm -hmm. um and we were talking about you know having issues with like body image and they're like young teenagers it's really normal and you know we all went through it um And I have good friends now, you know, who we all have our off days, right? That's kind of a given. And there's a difference between validating someone's feeling and in that moment saying, it's okay for you to be frustrated, but I don't agree with you. And that's such an important thing. I think it's so convoluted that when you validate someone having an emotion you think you're agreeing with them yeah. which is not fact yeah. right yeah. i have so many times told somebody i've loved is so deeply right and they're an amazing person in my life they could be seeing something negative and they could be kind of getting on themselves about it and i say to them constantly it's okay that you feel this way because we don't want to teach people that it's bad to feel upset, right? We need to learn to sit with our sadness and sit with our anxiety, but I don't agree with you. I don't see what you're seeing in the mirror, right? And I'm not going to agree, but it's okay to feel that that way. It's okay for you to see yourself that way for now. And until you are ready to see yourself the way that I see you, I will hold enough love and affection for you. And I think that's, space is so important and it's to give that person room for their own forgiveness for their own processing you emotions are complex you know we've been talking about it for so long and this probably doesn't even scratch the surface because it's such a deep deep region and i think it's so important especially the indian community validation does not mean agreeing with you you know and like you said i go down to my mom and i'm like ma you know this person texting me this blah 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 and like my mom and dad both are like very you know relaxed people they'll kind of be like oh, why do you keep texting them and it's like oh, in that I'm moment so <laughs> I probably didn't start oh, the conversation so yeah right and you want someone to understand you and yeah. I'm very close with my family and it's so important to me that my family is in my life right and so I seek a lot of validation from them and sometimes times it's just better to say it's okay that you're feeling that way it's okay to feel frustration but I don't necessarily agree with your point of view but I'm here for you right I'm here for you to yeah. vent it out I'm here for you to talk it out and so I think it's so important to acknowledge that space between those two things and I think like what you were saying it's so true I mean I have some frustrating situations with people that will message me certain things and It's not in our control, right? Whether somebody messages us and sometimes our immediate feeling is also not in our control. It happens. And like Shreyas was saying, it's almost what you're like tuned to think. But after that is sort of how we approach it ourselves, but also how we tell others to help us approach it. I think that's a big thing is teaching others the way that you need to be helped in your tough times, right? And it doesn't mean every second of the day they're catering to you. No one's going to do that. And it's, you know, ridiculous to think they will. But I tell my friends and, you know, I say, if I'm coming to you with this, it's okay for you to say, like, validate my feeling, but it's okay for you to disagree with me. And I'm not going to take that personally. And I make sure to tell people and almost like give them that option because it's not something that occurs naturally. Right. And like you, I think like you said, this is day 30 thinking I've had to go through the process so many times and now I'm here. And now it's important, you know, like you said, you're using your platform to spread these sorts of things. And I think it's important to teach people, this isn't also an appropriate way to treat me. And it's an appropriate way to treat others with gentleness and kindness and not agreeing with them at the same time, you know? And so, yeah, I just, I love this conversation, man. I think it's so, I think it's so awesome. This is what Rowdy Rani is built upon. It is built for, um, I'm so happy, you know, and i know like you you have mentioned to me personally when we've been chatting as well as on here that you know you bring up the viewpoints that aren't traditionally welcome or everybody yeah. people want to be deep all the time right and you know what you got to be deep for some portion of your life right you know have I, fun enjoy the superficial why are,
1: so afraid? why are we so afraid to be vulnerable i don't understand that i, mean, I, I get it but like it's it kind of it's outdated thinking like, like yeah I move on. I'm, I'm bored
0: yeah, right, and it's it's not doing anybody any good. So here at Rowdy Rowdy, we're all about this is what being rowdy is about, you guys. It's about getting out there, having the conversations that sometimes people don't want to have, and it's tough. And that's what makes us rowdy, but that's what makes us strong, and that's what keeps us as catalysts in any movement that we're being a part of. Um, so I just want to touch on one of Jenny's really incredible steps that she has taken recently. Um, the Indian Standard oh, has oh been released. Face. I'm scared. Um, yeah, she was like, oh no. Oh. No, you know, you do great work. And uh, you know, it's a publication, right, that you've put together. And as a person just viewing it, it is stunning. So you guys, oh, after you watch this episode, or listen to this episode, whatever you're doing, go to Instagram, check out the Indian Standard, how did that whole concept like come together for you
1: yeah oh wow thank you oh my god I can't believe that's like everything that I wanted I wanted you to like look at it and be like oh, it's like melting my eyes like I, I want I like to, like, it. Love it
2: it's very you know? aesthetic like it, it's it, really eye-catching and like immediately like you want to look at the info uh, so
1: thank you at my my aesthetic is a very unique thing to my life um, I don't wear color and so the way that I wanted to go about it was on my Instagram, it's a very gold aesthetic, meaning that it's the accent to my life. So I make everything a metaphor, which is so annoying. No, um, I love it. <laughs> I was an English major in school. So like it it made me want to make everything a freaking metaphor and assembly. So anyway, um, my personal Instagram, is gold, uh, which I only wear gold accessories, so it acts as an accent to my life, whereas the Indian standard is black, white, gray, and brown, because those are the only colors that I wear in my life. So every issue will be different, but it will surround those four colors primarily with a gold accent. And it's a very strange thing that I did, but it's so great. And I'm so happy that you you can speak
0: about it because I'm super metaphor driven as well. And I uh, love that sort of thinking and vibe and I
1: make everything in an unnecessary like figure <laughs> of speech. I don't know why I do that. But anyway, so the, the way that the Indian standard came about. So I as I mentioned before, I've been writing on my blog for many years. Um, I did like a 90 day transformation challenge over the quarantine period. I started on April 2nd and finished at the end of June. Um, and so I think that's right, right? Yeah, that sounds like 90 days. Yeah, that um, checks out. And, okay. Um, so I, I did that for like 90 days and I constantly, constantly talked about mind, body and soul. And I wanted to take my blog to the next level because I, the thing about me is that I always feel like I'm leveling up. Like I'll do something for some time and then I'm like, okay, like I can do better. I can either get better equipment or I can train myself into filming better things or I can take better pictures. And so I was like, okay, I want to I become a better writer. Like I studied, like I mentioned, I studied finance and English in school. Um, writing has always been a huge part of my life. So like, okay, now how am I going to make that better? I decided to call um, this portion of my blog, The Indian Standard. The name kind of just popped into my head. And actually a lot of the people that I was telling this to, they were like, that name sucks. And I was like, I like it. I'm going to keep it. And so I started writing about parents and how Um, you know, it's like we mentioned before, it's really hard to be vulnerable, just be accepting of who they are, but understand that that's not necessarily the path that you have to go on. That's the premise of what I did. Um, I also talked about Jaya Bachchan. So I actually made that a part of the magazine when it first came out. I I don't know if you remember that there's like a A. Jaya Bachchan picture in there. Yeah. Yeah. So that was born back in like May. Then on June 15th, I was on FaceTime and I was like, I just, I really want to make a magazine because I really love fashion. I love art. I love photography. I love writing, but I love talking about mental health. Like how do I make this all into like one giant composition? Cause I'm a very big fan of like a here's my life's work. Um, yes. And so that's what I wanted to do. And so I was like, okay, i want to make a magazine. And then that was on June 15th, July 15th, somehow I finished the first issue. And I put everything together. I like got all the interviews involved. I, I tried my best to like get the website done. I tried to trademark it. That's in the process still. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna put this out there. I don't think anyone's gonna read it, but it doesn't matter because I like it. So it's fine. So I created the Instagram. I kind of tried to build some hype, but I'm not very good at that. Um, and so <laughs> I was like, just, just freaking read it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. If you like it, let me know that kind of thing. Um, and so, you know people it was well received and I was shocked because I'm I was like okay like no i didn't. it's a lot to ask you know like to go to the Instagram to click the link in the bio to flip through it that's a lot to ask of the average Instagram consumer so I was like no one's gonna gonna read it but then people did and it was really sweet (laughs) the feedback that I got was really like unreal like I really had no idea people were gonna give a shit about me um and so I was like shocked and then um yeah, I was like okay well now this is just something that I have to do so the first of every month at 11 a.m eastern time the new a new, a new issue will be out so September is done um the theme I'll let you guys know the theme is roller coaster um spoilers. and if, uh, yeah spoilers the theme is roller coaster this is only about, um, it's about uh you know everyone has a roller coaster of their own right we all have ups we have all downs and it's all independent so, when you combine all the roller coasters, the whole world is just a giant theme park. So, take life easily. It's okay. That's day 30 thinking, but you can do it. And that's kind of the whole point of the roller coaster theme. That's Absolutely.
2: A lot. That's really I, good. I like it a lot.
0: Yes, I love it. I'm so excited. I was really excited. Um, so, for you guys that don't know, I reached out to Jenny on TikTok, which is where we first started chatting. Um, hey, I and, added
2: you in her video. So yes. Give me credit. Oh, yes,
0: you did. <laughs> I did tell I Jenna H. was the one that said, hey, go check out her videos, I think you'll like it. Um, so yes, credit there. Um, yeah. But we did start chatting and obviously for me, starting Rowdy Runny has been a process and I'm still improving. There are so many things that I could do better. And like you said, it's leveling up. Like for me, yeah. it was a really big deal to actually put this do into it. execution and put it out there because I'm so, you know, I was like, oh, people are thinking it was stupid. Like people aren't gonna, you know, whatever. And then, you know, and and you said to me, there's room for everybody. I was like, there's so many other Brown podcasts out there. What is going to be different that I'm bringing? And, you know, I think something that you said, I say it to myself every day. There's room for everyone, you know, and bringing your own perspective into it. That's enough difference. That's enough, like something different from somebody else. And so, you know, I have my days where it's tough and I'm learning. I have so much to learn. I'm not a social media like Person, like you said, building hype, getting traction, like it doesn't come naturally to me. So it's been a huge learning curve, and I'm definitely still working on it. But um, yeah, I think there's so much that goes into it. And I, you know, it's just amazing. I think once I've gotten into the field to sort of see like you, you know, pulling off what you're doing. And I remember talking to you, and in the back of my head, I was like, oh, it'd be really cool, you know, maybe if this thing took off. Too- do some kind of publication thing, and then I was so excited to see you do it, and obviously executed stunningly. It was amazing. Aww. So definitely, you guys go check it out. It's seriously even just looking at it is so pretty, and I'm obsessed with it. Um, I love all the, the spread, the matching colors. I'm a huge aesthetic person. Um, so yeah, it's That's it's brilliant. I think it's really awesome.
1: Aww.
0: Yeah, it's really awesome that you got so many people involved and that's, you know, again, that's what I'm all about. So um, it's really great. And and for me, it's exciting to see another person that I look up to and see other people doing this in the field because it gives me, you know, the sort of hope that, okay, I I can too, right? And you can grow into that space and all of that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, well, thank you for doing it. Um, And, you know, I could speak to you for hours and hours and days and days. Um, but thank you so much for being on the show. It's, you know, my my absolute pleasure to have have you. I know it did. It really did. Um, it's just, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure having you. It's been so exciting to have you as the first guest on Rowdy Rani and hopefully the first to many Um, And this is the direction, right, that I'm looking to grow my platform in. So, you know, thank you for for bringing yourself, your platform, your achievements, to come talk to us today um, for giving us the time. Um, Is there any last things that you wanted to say to our viewers?
1: First of all, I'm so proud of you for creating this podcast. This is insane, oh, right? Like it's so hard to do anything, you know, being the first one of doing anything. And it's hard enough to go to your friends and be like, oh, I started a podcast. If you want, listen, but please don't. And it's like <laughs> this thing where it's like, you know, you want that success, but it's hard to tell your t- tell others that you're doing something really cool. And so I applaud you. Thank you for reaching out to me. And thank you, Shreyas, for following me since the beginning, that's kind of great like the whole phrase of like following from the beginning that's such a cliche like I never thought I would even be saying those words so yeah, I really appreciate your time both of you guys have been so kind to me so thank you for your support I would not be here if it wasn't for you so thank you oh thank you so much for so speaking you guys, out about it
2: for us to support so you were like uh, one of the first people so
1: yeah. oh my yes. god
0: <laughs> yeah we're we're so excited to work on building a community of, you know, people and especially creators that are coming together that are supporting each other uplifting each other. Um, So it's been really, it's been really awesome. Something's really important to me. So You guys, we will definitely have all of Janani's information in our down below links. I always get really excited to do that, so if you see it in every video, don't be upset. Um, Whether you are listening, whether you are watching, however you are consuming this, we hope that you have enjoyed and taken something great away from this conversation. Please message us on Instagram, email us, reach out, tell us what you thought, what you want to hear more of. Um, But with that, it is time to end today's episode, so you guys, as always, stay rowdy, rise up, and uplift others and Please, please, please stay safe during COVID-19 and hope you guys all take care. I always have
2: to do that.